The Numb Bills Fan Podcast, podcast number 90. It's Halloween, y'all. Yeah, word. So it's your host, David Palermo. Find me on Twitter at Numb Bills Fan. It's your co-host, Adam Deacon. Find me on Twitter at Numb Bills Adam D. Find both of us online at NumbBillsFan.com. We're also on Instagram at Numb Bills Fan Podcast. And we're also on Facebook.com slash NumbBillsFan. Surprise, surprise, right? Yep. And if you want to tear your eyes out and see how I live my dumbass life, follow me on the Instagram or the 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 Snapchat, the little snappy snaps, right? Yeah, I, I still do the Instagram though under my my personal name, David J Palermo. So that's kind of whatever. But yeah, you're right. Good good correction. I'm again slow, but uh, a lot of documentation over my past weekend. I was in Montreal and and then in Toronto and. We had a good time, but either way, make sure you always check us out, numbillsfan.com, and anywhere you think, just search numbillsfan. You'll find it. If you need our latest podcast, always check iTunes, your feeds, Stitcher, everything else he said already. It's just easy. I didn't even say it this time, but we always, I mean, we're, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play. Those are the big ones. We're on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio. And Podbean, you can use their app, mm-hmm. or you can just mm-hmm. subscribe to our. You know, you can subscribe with your with your uh, whatever your browser, like a straight RSS feed. Really? If you know how that works. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Numbillsfan.com. That can be your portal to all of these things. So right off the bat, don't forget seven p.m. Wednesdays. Facebook.com. Numbillsfan brought to you by the guys at BillsForLife.com, and also they're partners with. The Red Pinto Tailgate, which unfortunately I came into Rochester at 6, p- 6 a.m. Actually, 6 a.m. We unloaded the van. I got to sleep at 6.30. I live kind of close to the practice spot, and I, we didn't even have time to check out Red Pinto this time. So, sorry, guys. Hope you guys had a good time. Did see Nick Papagelis, which was sweet. And, um, hey, Shout out to 331 as always. But check us out on Facebook. We love going live. The interaction is just incredible. Yeah, I wanted to get out to the game this week, but uh, I didn't. I was a little under the weather for one. <laughs> little little under the the wallet for two. And I, I, didn't, I just didn't want my, my kid. I want to bring my kid to a game. He hasn't been yet. He's been to training camp a bunch of times, but... I don't want him out there in the shitty rain weather for his first game. He'll never want to come back. I want him, I want him to be like, yeah, let's do this. So I want to bring him to a nice one. Lastly, we're brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com. They have a podcast. They have articles. Their podcast is sweet. And I don't even look at it like three comedians. I, I look at it like unfiltered sports Three funny-ass sports fans. Yeah, really. So check them out at PunchDrunk on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. When you're when you're going over to to iTunes to subscribe to ours, subscribe to theirs too. It's easy. All right. So the Buffalo Bills are are now four and four. 
They just lost to the New England Patriots, and as every Patriots game seems to go, that I remember as of late, it's with Tom Brady, obviously. It's always, how the hell did this even happen? Like, really? Yeah, where's where's the Buffalo Bills at? Where are they? How... And, and, and you know, look, when I, I'm really shocked at the end, I, I go to these games and I'm really shocked when I'm driving home and I'm listening to post game. And, and this time we drove home in silence. We just drove home shooting the shit, uh, played this power trip record for Jeff Knight. He wasn't impressed Wish he was. I think it's awesome. And, uh, you know, just listen to some tunes, talk music to get our, ourselves off the game. And I mean, I got back into football because it was keeping my mind off of, of of being in a band, trying to be creative and being on a team. And it's like sometimes you obsess over it too much. And if you want it more than other people or you're not doing your part yourself, it you know creativity kind of suffers. So I look at the Bills like an outlet. But it seems like it was actually the other way around. Like the music on the way home was more of an outlet from this Bills game. And, it, and it's really disappointing because... It just felt like the entire game, especially the first half, I remember seeing the Bills just uptick. They showed it on the scoreboard at nine first downs, which matched the Patriots' nine first downs. And the Bills were down 14 points at this point. I think it was the first 14-point lead gap. And what I noticed was the yardage between the Bills and the Pats, it was a difference of, like, I think it was under 30 yards or 20 yards offensively at that time in the game and you know people want to call it old school to think about field position there's certain radio hosts that we all listen to that i like i'm not going to call them out because i don't want them to think i'm trying to be disrespectful but they think that field position is overrated well this game was a game of field position and it seems like the bills kept shooting themselves in the foot with penalties now me I'm conspiracy theory guy. I'm at the game. I don't get to see the replays. You, Deeks, you're at the game. I mean, do you agree? No, I'm not. I'm at home. I mean, you're at home watching the game this past week. It's like, right, right. am I nuts thinking, how are the Bills getting every, it seemed like every time they had a very good play on first down, especially, like a very good run, uh, there's some holding. So now the Bills are in first and 20. The Bills are in second and long. They have a 12-yard play. Oh, wait, guess what? You still have to go another eight yards to get the first down. And that was, to me, the story of the game. Opening drive for the Patriots, their first drive, they convert four third downs. Are you kidding? So what What was, like, right off the gate? For me, here's a question I have for you. I'm watching this game, obviously, in my seat. Got the ponchos on. It's cold to a point where your body heat's coming off, kind of warming up. It, it, it's like almost condensation's coming through the poncho. And nothing is worse than when you get wet early and you have to sit there with it. So when you think you need a poncho, go get a poncho. Word of advice, because you will just freeze. You'll be so cold. And the raining games are the worst games. I'd rather be in zero degree, you know, one degree weather in the stadium and, 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 you know, we're already miserable. And at these games, when I hear post-game, that's kind of where I was starting. When I hear the post-game shows, it, it it makes it sound like they look at the box score and they make judgments on the box score. And I can't tell you, as a Baltimore Oriole fan, 
as a Baltimore Orioles fan, how many times on paper the Baltimore Orioles should have, like, kicked the shit out of every team in the American League in baseball, and, like, they just didn't. And and I feel like stats are, are – they need to be looked at more objectively. And I'm not – so where I'm going here is just the feel. The feel, especially in that first half, is – this Bills team keeps shooting themselves in the foot, and as a Bills fan and seeing this, this, this team of the Patriots who you want to find every reason to not like, every reason why it's not the Bills' fault, I, I felt like there were some ridiculous tick-for-tack penalties and a lot of things that should have been called, like a late hit on, on Tyrod Taylor, where, where, you know, you're telling me Tom Brady has seven seconds back there and there's not one hold. You're you're but you're calling like four on the Bills and and, and like what was your yeah. vibe hold on, of let's, those? Let let's go back. Let's go back to the you you the, just go you go, you go through here. your thing. Let, let let's let's talk about that for a minute. Now again, you were in the stadium. I'm at home watching, and you listen to the announcers on this game, and they are going to say exactly this. They they pointed out that he was so far out of bounds on that hit that he actually got tackled where it isn't turf anymore. He got tackled on the hardened ground. Like, the same, like, hardened ground that fucked Reggie Bush up. I mean, we don't have, like, straight raw cement in our stadium, thank God, but he got up from that, wrote, trying to rotate his shoulder back into, back into action. Like he was hurt. Like he got hurt on that play, and there was no repercussions whatsoever. He got up and said he made the flag motion. No flag. Like I'm, I was. That's where my Sunday went straight to hell. That's where I said, "Here we go again." It is us versus them versus them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what did you think about the holding calls? Were they legitimate from the TV angle? Uh, Dave Larson didn't make the game, but he was telling me that that there was, I think, on Powell, like some bad call. Was it Powell? I don't know. Um, there was there was some stuff that looked questionable. Um, but with that, you win some, you lose some. It's all. So you didn't think it was like against them, like I, like in the stadium. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't believe that this line was. I think hold the that much. I think the the play you're talking about is the play on the right side of the end zone where Walter Powell got both hands on the ball at separate times trying to make the catch. And yeah, I would say on that particular play, uh, the receiver didn't have his head around, and I said, "Where's the effing flag?" And then my six year old was like, "Dad." Why are you talking like that? But um, there was a couple. There was a couple things where it went both ways. There, w- there was that uh, pass interference call we did get. I think it was against. I think it was uh, a play involving Robert Woods. Where on the replay, actually, you looked and he, you saw he like actually grabbed the defender around his wrist and held his wrist for like. Oh wow! You okay. never know. So like, we we got away with one too. So I don't want to sit here and talk about what the refs did or didn't do or should have done because I can find faults in an 
I can find faults in every single quarter of every single game. Bills, not bills, whoever. There's always there's always something that leaves me scratching my head or like jumping up and down, pointing my finger and yelling like a like a caveman. So, All right, so I got a I got a follow up to that. What, what you got? So our buddy Tom Achille that we always talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, he's an older time drywall guy and he subcontracts me a bunch of work. My friends work with him, and you know we talk. Football all the time. And he was texting me yesterday on some conspiracy theory sort of thing. And he's not really – he's he's a pretty level-headed guy. So I, I really value his opinion. And, and we and he goes, you know, every year Bill Belichick finds something, a wrinkle, to, to bend the rule or cheat. And example, the pick routes, the rub routes. What happens – they can't throw the flag every single time on it, but then other teams start doing it, and now it becomes a thing, and then guess what? They're throwing a flag on it every single time. Right. So one thing that Tom brought up is, particularly on the Charles Clay almost touchdown that went off his hand, is the defensive backs are training themselves to to bat down or – he was saying particularly hook the arm, the free arm. So Charles Clay reached out his right arm for the ball, and his left hand and arm were kind of like batted down or something. I didn't see it at the stadium, but this is what Tom was telling me. I didn't watch a replay of the game or that play. And if you watch that Julio Jones-Richard Sherman debacle a couple nights ago, if you look, Julio Jones got his one left arm up towards the ball as he was spinning, and... He actually, Richard Sherman grabbed his right arm, I believe, so hard that it caused Julio Jones to spin towards his back. And it's almost like, whoa, is this like a thing kind of going around? So immediately I screenshot this conversation from Tom. I send it to Eric Turner at Cover One and dot not. And, and Eric goes, look, these guys are coached to, to combat that, you know, and I don't think it was a thing. At all, like they're just that's 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 just it. It's normal. It's hand checking, and if the wide receiving wide receivers are letting it happen, it's on them. They're taught how to combat that, and it's like you know, I I get it, I get it. At the same time, it just really does seem like there's some little freaking new wrinkle, and you know, our dog Tom was like, Bill Belichick is the best coach ever because he cheats. I'm sorry. And really, it's a little ticky-tacky. But, man, does it make up for, for, for high throws? Does it make up for, I'm sorry, I don't want to say it, but drop balls from for, from receivers? It kind of helps in that department a little bit because you look at the stat sheet, and if Tyrod's going 20 for 40, and it seems like every game we're having a bunch of drops, you know, I understand the ball's wet. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was affecting them the same way exactly. it was affecting us, though. Well, you know what? What's up here? So, do you think that's? Do you think that's even a thing? Like, am I nuts? No, not at all. Like, but they got the guys that they signed up to play with. We got all these like practice squad reject types you know not not to talk 
talk shit about these guys because they they obviously play at a very high level or they wouldn't they wouldn't have their name on a on an NFL jersey. But I mean, I'll take an Amendola or an Edelman over a Powell or a Hunter any day. And not not that Danny Amendola is like some great gift to to the wide receiver position, but hey, Powell dropped the ball, and, and, and Tate dropped the ball, and, and then there wasn't as many drops after that. There was, they, they really, they really, right, there got, was, they really straightened it up. Tate actually had one of the more amazing catches of the game. Um, or no, no, it was Walter Powell. Walter Powell had the like helmet catch that miraculously was inbounds and in like triple coverage, but you know it's yeah you, you had the. You had the kind of high ball that literally just slid through Justin Hunter's hands. And you know, these guys are getting called out by the announcers on, on some of these on some of these drops. Like he had his hands wrong. You know, they were saying like, Oh, you shouldn't you should have your uh you know, you should be catching the underside of that ball, not not up like not up in the air like this, but underneath. Right. Like and it's just like, come on, guys! Like the 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 announcers on TV are calling you out. I mean, yeah, it's probably a lot easier to say it after the fact up in the booth. But like, I guess the only way to put it is poor execution. This team needs to make opportunities for itself. Because I mean, football—it's one hand washing the other, washing the other. The offensive line is. You know, not helping Tyrod stay on his point. He's throwing he's throwing on the run to some some receivers where, you know, these these type of receivers are the guys where traditionally you need a quarterback who's going to elevate their game, and that's what they always say about this little pisshead Brady over here. Is oh he elevates the play of everybody around him, and. Unfortunately, Tyrod's not doing that, but Tyrod also hasn't been starting in this league for 16 years. What hasn't Brady seen? Who hasn't he faced? What hasn't he been up against? So there's no better there's no better mentor than experience. You want to know something too, man? It, it, it's like little known secret behind the the, the behind the scene of Numb Bills fan. Here is I, I wrote something initially calling Tom Brady in the description greatest of all time. And you went in and edited it because you just didn't want to get shit on by a bunch of people. Well, not only that, I disagree with you. If I was building a team today and it was guys in their prime, I would take I would take Bill Walsh and Joe Montana over uh, Billy and Tommy any day. I need somebody who knows a lot more than me to debate that with you. Any day. Because here's my point is, look, if you hear these guys talk after the game like Stephon Gilmore and Corey Graham, Stephon Gilmore, I don't know if it's his seemingly new shitty attitude or if it's not shitty attitude, so I don't want to talk shit about him. I don't know the man. But, uh, you know, Sal Capaccio is calling him the worst man on the field, and I am, by the way, on a side note, which we'll get into, sick of seeing 24 being thrown on. Um, but we'll get to that because there's some busted coverages. There was bad communication that reared his ugly head. We're going to get into that. Don't worry. That was really, we texted each other earlier today. Like, yeah, that's pretty much the topic. So yeah, I mean, follow, follow me. I'm going down this rabbit hole. So Corey Graham or, or Gilmore goes, look, we gave him a lot. 
one-on-one, they didn't get much. They didn't do shit one-on-one. We gave them a lot. And if you think about the big plays, they were busted plays. Corey Graham, we had communication issues. Here's what I'm getting at. Corey Graham even says, look, they just execute. In a nutshell, his interview is they just execute and they do what they do. And he said specifically, they're not having, we know what they're going to do. They're not pulling any tricks. I'm sorry, Tom Brady is really fucking accurate. All right, but I'm going to go he ahead. He makes, no, here's, here's what he's saying, though. He makes, he finds the mismatches. It's that simple. Tom Brady just finds the mismatch. It's all it takes in this league is to find the mismatch. And he just exploits it. He sees you're confused. Okay, cool. All right, here's my, here's my armchair quarterback call of the week, though. Next time you find a situation where you have Nikel Roby Coleman lined up across from Rob Gronkowski, that is worth calling the time out. Do not do that again. Holy shit, that made me angry. I mean, that, that, that's Brady's bread and butter. Like he, he goes to bed, and before he gets Yo, in bed, he has his little butt-flat pajamas on, kneeling down next to his bed, hands folded, and says... Dear Lord in heaven, or whatever he might believe in, please let me get the little guy lining up across from Yo, the big that's, guy. That shit's like Muggsy Bowes trying to post up on freaking Shaquille O'Neal. Like, or Dikembe Mutombo. You're going to get that finger waved in your face so quick. Or you're just going to get stepped on by Shaq in his size million foot. <sighs> oh, man. I got the highlights on over here, actually, across from you. And they just showed... <laughs> they just showed... Uh, <laughs> Colton Schmidt's miracle of the day. What? what uh, when Colton Schmidt got us that nice first down on that oh, run. Oh, yeah. I was going pee. I was so depressed. And I'm like, oh, cool. The Bills are in fourth down already. I left before commercial, and they're already at, they're, they're already punting. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Oh, you saw that? Or were you, were you in the I, I saw it on the TV. Oh, okay. Because I was about to, like, rip my computer out, out of all these cables and entangles over here and like make you watch it it's so good oh yeah so tom brady just did what tom brady does he found the mismatches and and honestly it's that simple it's that simple it's what they do look at the amount of points this team put up without it they stopped the run great awesome cool but you know what your team did as stefan gilmore said we gave them a lot and that's exactly what they did the Bills beat themselves on defense. I'm sorry. I definitely, I definitely remember the words, what the fuck? We got Brandon Spikes and Pat's coverage. I definitely remember that coming out of my mouth yeah. yesterday. Come on. You know, you but know what, he's got no Lorenzo business. Alexander has a hamstring now. I mean, Bill's luck. Brandon Tate gets freaking just clocked. He's out after he's finally showing up. You know, I just... You know, Okay, one thing, one thing I'm going to throw out here because I, I did just poo-poo on uh, Brandon Spikes about that. One thing that's very promising here. He was here. closer to him than you would think. If you, like, they oh, make, yeah, it, no, seem like, they, they make it, it seem like Brandon Spikes <laughs> can't even. They make it seem like he has cinder block feet. Look, dude, he wasn't that far away from Gronk. And it's not even a slight on him. I don't think he's that bad. Again, I don't watch fucking film, and I just want to think, think the opposite. If you tell me somebody's really bad, I'm like, no, nah, no, I don't so. If he's really bad, I don't know. He's got some light. You know. Okay, but uh, one thing that, that did look very promising is they had to put Shaq Lawson in some coverage packages yesterday, and he actually did all right. He hung. 
he hung with it, and it wasn't even like packages that were designed for him. And I think you, I think that goes to show that his work ethic is where it needs to be. His head is. Rex in the game. loves to downplay. Oh, he's been in practice for two weeks, and he, you know, last week, two weeks ago, I was like, "Well, we're just going to use him, you know, just to rush the passer." Yeah, sure, Rex. This is you, Rex. We watch. Well, your he team. got a sack and two pressures. I like that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, um, I'm glad. I'm glad Brady was his first taste of blood in the league. Exactly, too. that was great. And by the way, except for. The late hit. The late hit directly after. And that's what I was going to get into is, bud. We finally were getting off on third down. Yeah, we, listen to your coach, we man. We gave it to him, man. Listen we to your coach. To if there is one quarterback ever in this league, this guy has gotten plays, or I should say new rules made. Yeah. Where they dude. even had it at a point where, kid you not, Shaq Lawson, I know you're listening. I know you're just a little guy at the time. But, bud, you could not graze a fingernail. Or a pube hair over this guy's freaking helmet because a flag would be thrown. So for you to take three steps and hit him late, it's like, dude, you better kill him. And honestly, I was saying it in the scene. I'm like, dude, will somebody just go up to Tom Brady and just fucking kick him in the head? Because this is stupid. Oh, dude, They're will... going to drive down the field anyways. Get the penalties. I was going to say, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take 15 yards to play against Jimmy Garoppolo all day. Exactly. But... The league frowns on what I'm suggesting right now. This team has had a really, 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 really hard time getting the Brady, the, the Brady Patriots off the field on third down. Like, it's it, it's incredible. It's incredible how hard it is for them. And it, it drives you absolutely bonkers because third down efficiency – the Patriots were nine for thirteen, and oh by the way, four of those came on the first drive. Yeah, and it just sucks that they're so ineffective against against their passing game because we did what we needed to do against the run again yesterday. We we held the Garrett Blount. He you know he did have a little touchdown run there, but we held him to forty three yards. Do you know how many carries he had? No, he had eighteen carries. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, 43 on 18. I mean, you give Mike Gillisley one more yard, he had double the yardage on 12 carries. He had 85 on 12. Now, that's one thing I want to touch on. He was running the ball very effectively yesterday. And I think we got into a situation where it came down to, like, doing it how they've always done it. It came down to what what we're supposed to do by the maybe written, maybe unwritten laws of football. We got into that second half, and that run game disappeared. I, I mean, after, after I think the first possession of the second half, I think McGillisley got like three carries after that. No. And it just became – it just – we we were successful running the ball. And, right. And we came into that second half down by fourteen points. Right. We give up another. We give up another TD right at the beginning of the second half. We're down by twenty one. With I mean, twenty eight minutes of football left to play or whatever, and it just came down to that. Oh well, time is of the essence. We gotta go to the passing game. But our passing game is absent. And I like Tyrod. I I think Tyrod has a lot of potential. I still don't think we've seen Tyrod's best performance yet. 
but it, he, you were, ex- I don't know if I should say expecting, but we were all hoping that there was going to be a very big, notable step forward from last season to this season. And I feel like he's kind of just plateaued and it might be the, the caliber of players around him. And again, I don't want to say bad things about these guys, but Brandon Tate was not brought onto this team to play wide receiver. And even our special teams suffered having different guys. in. And oh, by the way, concussion protocol, Brandon Tate, we probably don't got him against Seattle. That's a discussion for, for obviously, our, our Wednesday podcast and Facebook Live Wednesday because... Right. But, but, but really... Well, what, while what, I'm on, hold on. While I'm on the top, I'm going to throw yeah, it out there. let's talk receiver real quick. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Every single guy we had out there came off at some point. Clay went into the rock, locker room early at halftime. Did he really? Um, I didn't even notice. Robert Woods came off hobbled. Robert Woods was not playing at 100% at all. He was in line... He, I think no, he was like already playing... He was already playing through injury. Uh, Powell got shaken up a couple of times. Gillisley came off shaken up a couple of times and took some took some downs off. Like we were we were in rough shape going in, and we we came out with one less receiver than we had. And I don't know I don't know what the severity was, but when they had Charles Clay on the sidelines and the and the training staff was looking at him, he had his hand on his neck. He was he was squeezing the his nape back here on the back of his neck, like feeling around this area here that I'm pointing at that nobody can see. Cause this is an audio only show, but you know, they had, they were, they were pinching around the back of his neck. Oh, probably, probably on some, Oh, does this hurt? How's this feel? What about this? I don't like, I don't like the thigh and neck injuries. It could be, I mean, not that I'm a doctor, but you got to keep in mind that, um, a lot of uh, you can't forget. There's there's these helmets, man. That they're heavy. They're big. There's metal. There's there's knee pads. There's all sorts of cleats. That, yeah, you no. Know. There was one play that where I clearly saw. Also, they're big. I clearly saw it. Walt Powell knock the ball away with his own face mask. It happens. What was the latest thing we were talking about? Bleacher Report has it out there that the Bills are furiously. Or something fiercely looking for wide receivers in trade right now. Yeah, I just saw that on Bleacher Report that they're uh, trying to work a trade before the deadline. I would love to see Torrey Smith if he's affordable. Not that I know shit, but Tyrod throws deep and that dude goes deep, and Tyrod already already worked with him. Um, Eric Turner and I were going back and forth about Alshon Jeffrey over the weekend. Uh, Cover one dot net, Eric Turner, and obviously he doesn't fit in the cap, but you kind of wonder. If you could somehow get a wide receiver, I have this theory. I really want to go down this rabbit hole. Follow me for a second, a wide receiver. Say the Bills want to trade for a wide receiver, especially, say, Alshon Jeffrey. I don't know if they can do this or not, but in a fantasy world. Whaley's already kind of put the poo-poo on. I heard that. I heard that that on the way out. Yeah. So Whaley said, look, we don't have room for a $14 million wide receiver. But here's what I want to know. Is it too late for one trade for a guy, extend him, and restructure some of the money for this year? Because if you can do that, and somehow you can figure that out, if the agent's willing to help seek a trade, I think that's how you can do that without tampering. I am not sure, but you hear players say, or people say, yeah, you see reports, uh, agent allowed for so-and-so to seek trade. Okay? So follow me. Oh, did you uh, did you see the little Patriots trade today? No. 
Yeah, Jamie Collins is going to the Browns. For who? Third round pick. Really? That guy is like the best linebacker. Awesome. I mean, he's he's on the last year of his rookie deal too, though. So okay, but makes that, sense. I w- could they have done that like a day sooner? Maybe. Come on. So follow this rabbit hole because that kind of go that goes inside with Alshon Jeffrey, and and any other wide receiver that you might want to pry out that say they're on their last year of the deal. If you can get. A wide receiver, if you can get a player into Buffalo with Rex Ryan, this is why I was stoked on Rex Ryan. He's going to create an atmosphere where people want to work, and he's going to spin it whatever way. I don't care if you put Rex Ryan in Tim Buck, too. He's going to tell you how great it is and how he has roots in Tim Buck, too, and, like, whatever. He would probably say, oh, yeah, we're in New York. We're in the best city in the world, da, da, da. Oh, we're in Buffalo where there's no distractions. You can work. He's going to tailor it whatever way. This is where Rex Ryan makes it happen. Okay, you get the trade, you show all, say it's all Sean Jeffrey, which from all accounts, it's not going to happen. Okay, if you get all Sean in the building, he's going to love this team. He's going to see the work ethic and the potential of Tyrod Taylor. He's going to see the leadership, the outspokenness of Tyrod Taylor. He's worked with Jay Cutler, and I think Jay Cutler gets a bad rap. I think a lot of people shit on Jay Cutler because he's, supposedly a bitch and whatever. I think Jay Cutler is just quiet. You know, you know what I think the deal with Jay Cutler is? I think Jay Cutler sees fucked up things around him and actually says something about it. I think Jay Cutler, if he's actually just hurt, he just... There's, there's a lot of things that that team has done, like player transaction-wise, that leave me scratching my head. And if I was the guy who was... At the forefront of that, because I mean, your quarterback, your quarterback's responsible for the for the number on the scoreboard, whether you like it or not. Yeah, there's more to the story than that, but that's just the way it is. There, there is a definite like figurehead role that comes with being a starting quarterback in this league, and Jay Cutler was sick of all this nonsense going on around him, and he he got vocal with it. And you know what? Good for him. He should have. He had every right to. He he does get a bad rap. But also he got a huge deal that has him kind of stuck where he is. So what if you got Alshon Jeffrey to go to the Bills, right? And he's around the the, the coaching staff. He's around the players. And everybody, the whole organization clearly right now are, are, are believing in Tyrod Taylor. And I'm sorry, say what you want. You're not finding a quarterback who can step in and just take over in the first round. Not yeah. at this point. You know like, what the problem? Stop, stop dreaming because he's going to have such a learning curve. I don't care where it is. Stop looking at these guys. You know what the problem with Buffalo is? Dude's going to come in here. He's going to have a drop, and someone's going to fling a dildo at him. Hey, man, that was Brady's dildo. Yeah, I I saw on Bleacher Report before we started this, whoever threw that actually wrote Brady's dildo on the side of the dildo. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it was very funny on the TV. They were like, I thought it was a flag at first, but it wasn't the right color. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know? Yeah, somebody flung a dildo out of the 100 section. Who's funnier than Bills fans? Nobody. You know, there's a lot of people who are on the social media groups this morning like, I'm so embarrassed that shit like this keeps happening. You know what I say? 
It's the weekend. Chill out, man. Yeah, really. Like, you can do that Monday through Friday. Saturday, go out, drink drink booze out of some chick's ass crack, fling some dildos around. If you got to take a, you know, if you got to take a rock bottom through a, through a flaming table, you got to take a rock bottom through the flaming table. I've been thrown through a table, not at the Bills game, but it's it's come I, up. I, I Sometimes it happens. I, I think it's really pathetic that, and I understand for PR reasons, you don't want to make this, this stadium look like a shit show, like a barnyard festival, but I think it's pathetic that, that the city of Buffalo is paying cops to go monitor tailgates because, why? Because the NFL, it's a black guy in the NFL that, what, we're fucking having fun? That we're doing whatever it takes. <laughs> right. Like, okay, you could set up friends. That, what are they going to do? Start policing the streets to make sure we don't throw each other through tables? Get out of here. Your money could be way better spent on something else. Like, I don't know. Dude, and not only crime. that, quit quit whining because we're still only a few years away from when the reality was our team could end up in L.A. or Las Vegas or Toronto, or London. There was all these ideas flowing around about where this franchise was going to go. Yo, there was speculation exactly. everywhere of what ownership group was going to move us where. And not for nothing, if you got a problem with that dildo thing, please, you're acting like they hired the Jills back to do a show. They didn't. And, and I but mean a show, a show with toys. But here's the thing. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Exactly. Tell, that's what that's Tell, tell me more. <laughs> It's no, a dildo. No. With the, with, this, with is, this is a different show. This it, is a different show. It's called hilarious. And if anything, yeah, I understand because you know you got you got guys like Donald Jones on the radio saying that him and Stevie were trying to get the music in Buffalo changed for the stadium, and they're like, eh, like like really conservative and buttoned up. And it's like, dude, you guys are playing the corniest songs. Like, stop. After a while, like, really. Oh my and, god, they should totally let me like revive my dj career that never was a career and never left your bedroom or your it was, in my, it was in my living room for that's a while true, that's true um, but you know they should totally let me do like the the uh new era field mega mix it's kind of weird that we both do our music in our living rooms like my living room has one band practice set up with all the gear in it and then a tv and yours had your dj set up and then a tv yeah so here, I don't really do music anymore. Here's how I, here, I bitched out. Th- this this team is like really kind of like conservative and close to the vest. And, and honestly, even the cheerleaders when they were here, get a new fucking song. Like really? Oh, cool, dude. We got what was hot in like '86. Stop it. Stop it. You watch other cheerleading shows and they got like modern music, like. I understand the mashup, and that's what they do, and then it goes into explosion. Oh, we never heard that. It's like, come on, who made this? This this freaking uh, who made this song? That this little mashup for the Jills to dance to? Some six year old lady, uh, like she's had sex with one person or a dude who's never left his house. Who who popped on some eighties movies? Like what's going on? Like I don't get it, and I'm not judging male or female. Don't even go down that road. Don't you dare call me a sexist, because I will kill you. Anyways, back to Alshon Jeffrey. That's out of my no, mind. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What we, do you got? We can't go back yet. And God, <laughs> I hate to even say it, because like, 
fuck their team. Did you see those Dolphins cheerleaders last week? Did you see them on the TV? Mm-hmm. They got a talented squad. <laughs> I'm all about the bringing the Jills back. I'm, my goal in life, I think right now, is to marry uh, uh, an ex-Buffalo Jill or future Buffalo Jill. Send in your apps, at Bills fan on Twitter. Maybe I'll give you the time of day. I probably will because I don't really get tweeted that much. Yeah. Or, or if you got, if you got, you know, maybe a little bit nicer portfolio. Right, right. Dave at numbillsfan dot com. Adam at numbillsfan dot com. We got some emails. They're legit. Numbillsfan dot com. How, how, yeah, you how wanna, slick is that email? Yeah, really. Right? You want to keep it behind the scenes? I understand. You know, but that's not what we use Snapchat for. So look, back to Alshon Jeffrey. Swipe me right on Tinder, please. <laughs> So here's the thing after 10 minutes of, here we go, a Tarantino movie here. Alshon Jeffrey, here's the deal. If you get him in here, okay, and you get him to, to, to buy into this culture already, you have a better shot of having this guy re-sign with the Bills because he's already here. And what he gets to do is you get the first crack at him. Okay, you get the first crack at Alshon Jeffrey. If you have free cap space right now, which I don't know what they have, but if you could somehow make it fit, I don't know if they can. I think it's impossible. They don't have it. I don't think it matters. I think it's possible, but I think it's, like, unreasonable considering that there's eight weeks left on his contract. Right. I mean, the if you're mad about... Sammy Watkins for you know taking two first round picks to get him on the the roster. You're going to be mad about the fourteen or sixteen Here, million wrong. dollars. It's gonna it's gonna cost us to have a rental wide. receiver. You're right, but here here's where I'm going with it though. So follow me. Say you get Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. Okay. This is going to be the whole thing. Say you get Alshon Jeffrey in the building and you get him to agree to restructure his deal. Say you get him signed for four years. Right. All right. Sammy Watkins contract. I believe at the end of this year, I heard somewhere that they have to pick up the option for Sammy's fifth year. I really think Sammy could be good as gone. And if Sammy puts up the production he's supposed to put up, he's going to get mega money elsewhere. No, there's some people I've seen online, not any like journalists or anything, but like some, some people that I, I converse with on regular basis who are very much down with the idea of trying to move Sammy Watkins before the trade deadline for picks. Honestly, I thought that, like I, I mentioned it before, I would trade Sammy Watkins for Alshon Jeffrey because Sammy Watkins ain't going to be maybe that's, even ready this year. That's interesting. And, and and not for nothing, you get this kid in the building, you you trade off a little cap space, and because he is a first-round pick, he's going to have a decent cap. So um, what I'm trying to say here is, and, and decent doesn't mean fucking, uh, excuse my French, it doesn't mean a lot. I, I only want to use right. the F words when it matters. But what I'm trying to say is this is. No, this matters. Fo- follow me, follow me, follow me. This doesn't not matter. You have Alshon Jeffrey in the building. You get him here, and he signs for four years. Even if Sammy's contract is up, okay, now you got next year or this year's draft. You acquire another guy, or you re-sign Robert Woods, and you have what you want anyways, which is a durable receiver along with Robert Woods. Robert Woods, I think, deserves to be re-signed in Buffalo. He deserves it. I wouldn't be shocked if they slipped him in, in an offer. I think he's good. But how much can you upgrade on that position? It all you, depends on what they want. You ready for my bold prediction? 
if we do not re-sign Robert Woods, he will land in Jacksonville. I think I could see him as a Patriot. I hate to say it, but oh, I that one surprised me. I either. could see him playing for the Patriots. He's a because he he's that good. You're telling me Hogan isn't going to put in the word with him? Get out of here. Bill Belichick knows what he sees. So follow me. Even if you so so then it's like I don't well, know though, dog. Nate Hackett just got promoted down there. Don't you? I'm not even going to hit that right now. That's my shit. That's my shit on the wall for the week though. If we don't re-sign that guy, he's a Jaguar. If you have Alshon Jeffrey and Sammy Watkins on the field next year at the same time, that is deadly if you can make that happen. If you could trade Sammy straight up, Sammy ain't going to be ready. You're going to – it doesn't matter. You're still replacing supposedly the potential of that big play number one. And, yeah, you know what? Your two first-round picks are gone. But I think Sammy's gone anyways. I think Sammy's going to want to see what it's like to play with another quarterback – if, you know, we're talking Sammy targets. Now, Sammy's not in the game, and Tyrod's distributing the ball sometimes to eight people. It's like, like what I'm trying to say here is if you don't, if you lose Sammy, you can replace him with another first-round pick receiver if you really want to next year in the draft or the year after. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. Right. Sammy, You're Sammy having a step this, ahead of the game. If Sammy you having him. this injury right now. Besides Sammy himself, the other person that this really, really sucks for is Doug Whaley. Because with that second pick to get him to get him drafted, Doug Whaley's pot committed to Sammy Watkins till the bitter end. What what could he trade for besides like maybe a player for player trade that you pad with a pick or picks? You're not going to get a first rounder for Sammy Watkins. You're not. He just hasn't been on the field enough. That that's what's going to come down to. He, I mean, he's averaging a thousand yards per per season, but with this foot thing, that drives the value. Down. Yeah, but with Chicago sucking, it's no, like no, it just, I'm, it, it I'm like saying makes that would be that to... would be like best case scenario, but I don't think you're going to get a straight up player for player trade. I wonder if they even pick up his option. Maybe they're like, you know what, this kid could be playing through this because, like, I'm sorry if Sammy Watkins can play right now, and this is on Sammy Watkins not being tough enough, and only Sammy knows that. And this is rude for me to even call it out like this. You're not the first, and you won't be the last. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of rude, like really rude, like. Because you got this whole Sammy targets thing going on, and you have Tyrod Taylor putting his head on a swivel right at Sammy Watkins last season and the first two games this season, just staring him down, just staring him down. And it's like, that tells me that this pressure on the outside is getting to people just a little bit. You know, and, and you will have guys out there that say, as an athlete, the media doesn't matter. They want to play for themselves. And I really do believe that, but these guys still see it, especially when it's confirmed, when he reacts to people on Instagram telling people they got little jobs. And I'm not trying to sit here and take a shit on Sammy Watkins. It's just as a fan, minus the first or second round picks, just knowing the or the two first round picks, just knowing the potential he has and how much the team really needs him, like it's really out of love for the guy, which is like, yo, dude, we got your back. We believe in you, but you gotta be on the field. Did you not rehab right? Did you not whatever? Is it even your fault? It might not be his fault. And it's just, can Alshon Jeffrey help save the season? 
Can a Tory Smith help save the season? Because I think this Bills team likes to have things staggered. Whaley had Mario Williams. He traded and got Jerry Hughes. They signed him when his contract was up. Now you got Shaq Lawson underneath him. You got a nice little stagger going here. You have it with Robert Woods and then Sammy Watkins. You know, who's after Sammy Watkins? I don't know. You know, I feel like they do this very, very well. It's like, it's like that on multiple positions with this team. You know, it's like that with safety. They had Bird. You know what? Let's re-sign Aaron Williams. Let's draft a couple guys. The the year Bird Bird's contract year is. You know, they got Meeks and Duke Williams. But Sammy, this team needs a big play wide receiver at this point. They need a guy who's going to consistently hold on to the ball. Are Tyrod throws high? Yes, Tyrod throws are off. But you know what? A lot of receivers in this NFL make plays. They make plays on the ball. But I don't want a tall test to ask for a guy who was practically on the practice squad in Powell. He was practically a guy that you think might get caught. Right. He's, you know, so. No, a ton of people tried to do that little roster prediction, and he wasn't there. So a lot of people said Des Lewis over him or Greg Little over him or whatever. I really don't. And, and, and it was weird. Like, Ed Egan was caught. We talked about Ed Egan. He was caught out of nowhere, and they, they promoted that tight end there, Christian. And also, people are saying, Charles Clay, Charles Clay, where's Charles Clay? I don't know. I, I still want to know what the uh, the Ed Egan situation was really about, you know? Because it sounded, it sounded like Rex saw something there, and then the, the next day he's gone, you know? I don't know. I do know that the, that that this team... I just wonder if this team has to stop dropping the ball. I'm sorry. It's making Tyra look worse than it needs to. And this team needs to make plays for, for the quarterback. And and yes, Tyra Taylor needs to improve throwing the ball, but you got to keep in mind, I believe his high balls that were thrown were when he was behind some linemen and he might not have confidence to bring that ball down. Cause I feel like at least in the stadium, his release point was a little bit higher than it needed to be. And what the hell do I know? I could be totally wrong, so don't take that and tell your friends. But as a fan, I'm not an expert. As a fan, that's why the ball sails. He might not be, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's like if you watch Peyton Manning throw the ball, if you watch Tom Brady throw the ball, they set their feet, they have a nice tall release. I almost feel like he was releasing the ball a little bit too too tall. Does that make sense? Like he wasn't, it was like too high. It's higher than normal. Yeah. You know, but these guys got to make a play on that. And the, and these some of these plays where you see him trying to, like, find a, a passing lane because he's all he's all jammed up in front of him, you just think to yourself, God, I wish I could just take Tyrod's head and put it on EJ's body and call it a fucking day. You know? It just sucks. Like I wish, I wish a guy like EJ Manuel could see the things that Ty, Tyrod sees and make the throws that Tyrod throws. Because there are those times where his size will get him out of a play, but it will also. There's also those times where his size is going to cost him a play. The one thing with Tyrod Taylor that keeps me believing is his effort, and he's doing everything he can, intangible wise. To to really and it shows it, no and when you look at this wide receiver group when you got to move Woods up to the number one spot and he's playing hurt and you got you got like fives and sixes behind him 
so like you're starting the game with what your your two your your two your four and your five or your two your five and your six depending on where you put Brandon Tate on the depth chart. Um, I mean that's like a that's like me trying to to play quarterback left handed. It's right. just not going to work. I'm right handed. Like it to me, it's that big of an uh, of a disadvantage. Uh, it, you know. When you evaluate it, you you really look at look it up. It's like these guys are in the league, and I, and I believe in potential. I really do. Um, I don't know, and, and that's the thing is I don't want to slight Powell. I don't want to slight any of these guys. No, no, and, but and I, I mean, don't want them to even trade because I want these guys to be able to step right up. But I'm sorry, but these guys who haven't had the reps in practice are now getting the reps. But it's also you know now they got to play special teams. They got a double duty still, and. It's, it's a slippery slope for everybody, though, because if the wide receiver, okay, if the wide receivers aren't playing, they're going to look at the quarterback. When the quarterback's having a hard time, they're going to look at the offensive line. Then they're going to start looking at the coaching staff, who, depending on who you talk to, Rex has already, you know, been shown the hot seat. Like they might not have sat him down on, it, but they're like, hey, look, we got some, we got some coals working over here, just in case, like. This is the New England Patriots they just lost to. And don't forget, if you bring in a wide receiver, it's going to take him weeks. Now would be a good time. I want to know why they up. why can't they just get Percy Harvin? I want value out of that jersey. I'm so sick of it. Like, what's Percy doing? I have this conspiracy theory with Percy Harvin that if you look at did I tell you this? That if you look at Eric Decker, right? Eric Decker had hip surgery. Well, what did Percy Harvin have? I don't know if he had hip surgery, but he was out because of a hip. I think he did have surgery and retired, right? Eric Decker might not be back for next season, okay? What's it tell you about the recovery time? Now put that into Percy Harvin time. What if Percy Harvin's back somewhere next season? I'm not saying with the Bills, but I think it could happen. He's not old. Yeah. That said, he has stacked a lot of paper, a lot of money, so I don't blame him. I don't blame him. He might he might just be sick of it. He's like, yeah, you know, I've I've been roughed up a little bit, but I can still see straight. I can still count to ten. I'm going to get out while I'm ahead. I'm about done here. I don't know about you. Sorry if we didn't go into too many stats. Uh, really, honestly, though. Why are we going to read the stat sheet to you? Hey, Reggie Bush. I want to talk about Reggie Bush. I love seeing Reggie Bush finally being used how we thought he would. And, and honestly, when he got the rock in his hands... I was actually relatively impressed when he got the ball in his hands in space. Except for that time he tried to throw it. That that shit just blew up, and he just needed to, like, tuck that ball away and, and hit the deck, man. But, hey, I can't say I would have done anything different. It sounds like a Sandlot play that the guy's talking about. Hey, man, if you're ever in trouble, get me the ball. You know, but really, I thought it was cool seeing him catch the ball. Last game, lining up, and just seeing what he does with the ball, after, you know, when he gets it in space. I, I, I liked it. I really think that he could do a lot more. But really, when this team is put into long situations, that sort of just felt like for this Bills team that refs are right or not. Either way, the fact is they got penalties, whether they're warranted or not. Let's call it how it is. It put them in very hard to manage situations because you go down the list, you look at the yard total, you look at 
first down totals, they're not really off from the Pats. And, and, and honestly, it's, it's just incredible. Like this team, you look at everything at the end, technically the Patriots had more penalty yards. Like really, I feel like the Patriots always get calls blown on them after they're up 30 points. I would love to see a statistical thing on the Pats penalties or I bet you they have like the most fourth quarter penalties ever because when you're looking back, it's like, oh yeah, like one flag to the Bills six in like the first half, I would bet. And and then next thing you know, oh, the Patriots have more flags that way at the end of the year. There's no shenanigans, please. Isn't this the coach, Bill Belichick, that I thought I heard? I could be wrong. Don't sue me. So allegedly uh, was hanging out with the refs in the offseason and shit like that on his boat at A-Bay, all sorts of stuff in the years past. Like, okay, well, when that guy gives you a cup of coffee, you're not going to wash his back? I don't know. Maybe I'm out of my mind, and it's really pathetic to even talking about it that much. But really, I think there's some freaking – I really th- – Sometimes you just think it's pro wrestling. That's what Mike Sawyer was saying, man. Sometimes you think it's pro wrestling and whatever. I can't believe the Patriots actually had more penalties than the Bills. That That is really, really hilarious. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I've about had it talking about this game. But the Bills had more yards than the Pats. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's one game where field position and, and shooting yourself in the foot makes a big difference, it was this game. The Bills try to run the ball out. They get a holding call. Damn it. You know, just just keep shooting yourselves in the foot. And it's almost like you can't give these refs the variable to have a bad call. And, yes, you can't have Eric Wood grabbing guys around the neck either. You know, you can't play undisciplined football. It's just you just wonder how this game slips away. And I was You know really, what? To be To be fair. I hate being I hate being the stick in the mud negative guy. Remember a few weeks ago when we had the uh, the guys from the Gold Blooded podcast on? Yes, and they said you're going to know how this game is going to go within the first five minutes of Colin Kaepernick being on the field when we got down and had first and goal from the six yard line. I thought that too, and we we got we settled for a field goal. I was like. That that's our game. I was shocked Felton didn't get in the end zone. Not a knock on Felton because we love Felton. Yeah, but... Felton had a couple <clears throat> nice catches yesterday, man. That's where I mean we were we were throwing <laughs> Felton out on wheel routes because we had nobody to go out and catch the damn ball. And that's also why we wanted more guys to to to. We wanted the Bills to run the ball more. You look at Gillsley. I you didn't have that many touches. I want Jerome Felton being used in the passing game as a wrinkle, not as a necessity. We are beat the fuck up i just we don't have a choice i hope we can get through the seattle seahawks road game in without losing any more pieces to this puzzle and get into this bye week i mean worst case scenario we're going in four and five all of our remaining games are afc teams i think yeah isn't that ridiculous yeah, it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. I don't have the schedule in front of me. I'm running through it and I can't think of a single NF- NFC team we have left on it. I know we play the Raiders, I know we play the Steelers. It's amazing that all four of their losses are to AFC opponents and three are in the division and the, it's like Yeah, that's that's frustrating. It, it's so it, it it's so mind boggling. But look, 
Keep your heads up. A uh, little preview for the podcast next week. I think the Bills match up against the Seattle Seahawks very well. If you want clues around the league, look at look at what the Seattle look at what Seattle and the Seahawks did against each other. Yo, um, they lost they lost their game plan with Marshawn Lynch. Like it's back to the drawing board and Russell Wilson, he's in rough shape. He's not the mobile guy that you 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 think of when you what no offensive line you think finally caught up to them after four years? Well, yo, I guess he's got like an MCL thing going on too. We'll get into it Wednesday. Find yeah. us Facebook Live, please. Find us Facebook Live seven p.m. Numbillsfan dot com on Wednesday, Wednesday that, that seven a, p.m. That is a big detail there. Yeah, it's a little detail, but please come interact, talk some shit. Like we will stay on there for three hours if conversations flowing. We would just love to bust balls. Come make fun of us. I will find you, though. Beware. It's the quiet ones that kill. Don't you listen to, like, Nas and Tupac? You know, don't even worry about it. NumBillsFan.com is all of our content. Also, the 7 p.m. Wednesday show brought to you by BillsForLife.com. Shout out, as always, to Jamie Tilbury. If you search uh, Buffalo Bills in your little gift thing, he pops right up shaking some beads, a little hammered. In the stadium. He's a pretty oh, funny guy. He yeah. hates it, though, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he, he hates his uh, dead spin appearance. Mine was okay. I didn't I didn't make too much of an ass myself. Lastly, PunchDrunkSports.com. Follow them on Twitter, at PunchDrunk. Three comedians, awesome comedians. They do a podcast on sports, and it's the shit, because they call it how it is. The but, Bills. You shouldn't call it any other way, dog. Numb Bills fan on Twitter. Find me, love me. No, I'm Bill's MD. That's a sexy, silky voice. Yeah. All right. We're out of here. I got to go. No, I'm Bill's fan.com. Happy See. Halloween. <laughs>